You know, uh, there are times when what you do when you hear something, it really matters. Now, let me give you an example. In December of 2004, a young girl, after the end of a, a long year of school, she was holidaying with her parents in Thailand. And during that year at school, she had a geography class where she'd learn about tsunamis. And so on the morning of the 26th of December 2004, as she saw the water being drawn back from the, from the beach, she said to her parents, look, I think a tsunami's coming. And her parents, they had the choice about what they were going to do when they heard that. Fortunately, they grabbed her and they ran for high ground and they told as many people as they could on the way. And look, moments later, the Boxing Day, uh, Day tsunami slammed into the coast, killing 230,000 people. But there in Thailand, dozens of people were saved. There are times when what you do when you hear something really matters. And friends, that, that's what this morning's passage is all about. What you do when you hear God's word, it matters. Three times in here, really clearly, Jesus flags that how we listen, it matters. It's there in verse 8. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then jump down to verse 18. He says again, consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully how you hear. And finally, again, right at the end, in verse 21, he says, My mother and brothers, my family, they are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Look, the big vibe of this section is that what you do when you hear God's word, it matters. In fact, as Jesus goes on to tell a parable, which we've already heard, that's the very point that he's making. So let's start by listening carefully together as Jesus tells the parable. We'll pick it up from verse 5. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Now look, parables can be tricky. We saw that last week. But the context here is going to be really helpful in helping us to understand this parable. You might have noticed, as it was read for us earlier, Jesus here is travelling around from town to town, from one village to another. And as he goes, people are following him from all the different towns and villages. And by the time we get to verse 4, we're told a large crowd is gathering around him from all these different places. But I wonder if you also noticed, as it was read for us earlier, what he's doing as he goes around to all these different towns. It's back in verse 1. Jesus travelled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. You see, this parable, this story about a guy out sowing seed, It's painting a picture for us, really, of what's happening between Jesus and those who are listening to him. A little later on, in verse 11, Jesus explains that the seed in the parable, it's the word of God. And so, you see, Jesus, he's like the farmer in the parable. 
He's out sowing the seed. He's out spreading God's word. He's out proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And as he's out sowing and spreading the word, it falls on different soils. Now, of course, Jesus here is using words like seeds and soils and plants, but that's not what he's actually talking about. He's not interested in plants. He's interested in people and how they respond to God's word. He's not interested in seeds. He's interested in hearts and whether or not they trust and believe in him. Friends, the vibe of what Jesus is saying here is that what you do when you hear God's word matters. And look, to help us get it, because you know sometimes we're slow at getting stuff, he says the same thing for us four times by looking at four different groups of people. Now the first group of people he talks about there in verse 12, they're like the soil alongside the path. They hear the word, but then the devil comes and takes it away so that they might not believe and be saved. Look, these are people who hear God's word. It's not that they've never heard it. They hear it like all of us here this morning. These people, they hear God's word, but they never consider it. And they don't believe it. And they're not saved. And look, if you're here this morning, then you're hearing God's word. We've heard it read for us. We've heard it in the kids' talk. We've sung it. You're hearing God's word. And the way you react to it matters. If you've been here for the last seven weeks in this Luke series, you've heard God's word. Over and over again, you've heard how Jesus is God's son. How he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. How he came to call sinners to repent. How he came to fulfil God's plan. We've heard how Jesus came to, to forgive and comfort and redeem and bring back God's people. And look, as you hear these things, it's no good just letting it all wash over you. It's no good just letting it go in one ear and out the other. It's no good just hearing God's word and doing nothing about it. Look, understand this. There's no neutral ground you either choose to believe God's word or you deliberately choose not to believe it. And what you do when you hear God's word, it matters. Clearly here, Jesus says, those who don't believe God's word won't be saved. And friends, don't let that be you. Look, if you're still not sure about Jesus' claims, then don't stop reading now. Keep reading Luke. Keep reading about Jesus. Find out what he, what he does. Look, come and talk to me if you like. Talk to Al. Talk to the person that you came with this morning. Because look, how you respond to God's word, it matters. Now Jesus goes on to talk about a second group of people. He describes these people in verse 13 as those upon the rock. They receive the word with joy when they hear it. They spring up, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but when a testing time comes, when some hard times come, they fall away. And look, I don't know, but maybe this is you. Maybe you got revved up at the convention a couple of months ago thinking about living for the kingdom, hearing Acts preached on. It was pretty exciting. Maybe you got excited a few weeks ago as we heard Wayne speak 
and we watched Jesus forgive the sins of the paralysed man as he was lowered down through the roof. Maybe you got excited just last week thinking about the absolutely life-changing forgiveness of Jesus. Maybe you've been madly reading your Bible trying to find out as much as you can about God, trying to find out about his plan to rescue a people for himself, a plan all fulfilled in Jesus. And look, if that's you, if you're excited about God's word, then that's great. It's good to be excited as we hear God's word. But you know, the thing about these people is they've got no root. It's all shallow and superficial. Look, they're excited, sure, but their brains are just not engaged. They're not really thinking about God's word and what it actually means for their lives. It's all about the excitement and the emotion and the moment. And look, don't get me wrong, it's good to be excited. But what really matters is how you react to God's word in the long term. You've got to grow. And so, friends, you've got to read God's word for yourself. You've got to wrestle with it. You've got to work hard at understanding it, thinking about how it should work out in your life. And look, I know reading the Bible regularly can be hard. But why not try this? Out in the foyer, there's more of these bookmarks. You've probably seen them before. You might have one at home. We're going to start back in Isaiah next week. Why not grab a bookmark? It tells you what chapters we're going to be doing next week and the week after for the next six weeks. Read the chapters in Isaiah before you come to church each week. And look, if you can't do that, there are stacks of other Bible reading plans. Just get one and do it. And look, what about growth groups? Are you in one? If you're not, maybe you've got a good reason for that. But look, if you're not in one and you don't have a good reason, then why not? Why aren't you in a growth group? Growth groups are a fantastic way to encourage each other and to be encouraged. Growth groups are a fantastic way to make sure we do more than just get excited, to make sure we do more than just believe for a while. Growth groups are a wonderful way to make sure we go on believing, to help each other to go on believing. You know, if this is you and you're real excited about Jesus and reading God's word, but it's all a bit new for you, it would be a fantastic thing to find someone who's been doing it for a bit longer. And look, that would be a wonderful encouragement to them. Ask them if you can meet with them. Ask them if you can read the Bible with them. Ask them if you can pray with them. That would encourage them. And look, it would encourage you. That would be a fantastic way to help each other to keep being excited about Jesus. Look, in the end, what we do when we hear God's word matters. And so if you've been excited by God's word and what you've heard there, then let me ask you this. What are you going to do to make sure that excitement isn't just short-lived? Now Jesus, he goes on to talk about a third group of people. And these ones are those among the thorns. That's there in verse 14. These people, they hear God's word. But then life happens. As they live life, as they go on their way, they're choked. They're choked by life's worries, by riches, by pleasures, and they don't mature. They don't bear fruit to the end. And look, I'll be honest with you, I reckon this description is the scariest. These are people who hear the word, 
These are people who, by all appearances, they seem to accept the word. They've got roots. Their brains are engaged. These people think about God's word and what it means for their lives. They've got some depth. You know, there's some substance to them. But then things, just the normal things of life, they gradually, slowly, insidiously, almost imperceptibly, they they creep in and they just take up all the space and they crowd Jesus out. You know, friends, what Jesus is saying here is that even good things, things that seem to be good, even those can make it hard, even maybe impossible to follow Jesus. So look, be honest. Do you have anything in your life that is making it hard for you to follow Jesus? Maybe you're in a job, a job that you love, but a job where you work really long hours. And maybe you're tired. And it's really hard to get to church every week, let alone get to growth group and making time to read the Bible with yourself and with your family like it's a big ask. Friends, if that's you, then I reckon that's scary. That is dangerous. You know, these things, they start slowly, but uh, slowly but surely they, they take more and more space. They creep in. And look, don't let Jesus get crowded out. You know, these weeds, these things that can come in and, and distract us from following Jesus, they can be heaps of things. It can be money. It can be just, you know, stuff. It could be your career. It could be friends. You know, wanting you, pressuring you to do stuff that you know doesn't please God. It could be a relationship. You know, getting into a relationship with someone who doesn't love Jesus, it could seem all right for a while. Maybe things will go fine for a while. But in the end, it is just going to make it so hard to be committed to loving Jesus. Don't let it happen. What really matters, friends, is how you respond to God's word. We can't hear God's word that so clearly says that following Jesus is the best thing and do nothing about it. Do whatever it takes to make sure you don't, make sure you don't lose sight of Jesus. Do whatever it takes to make sure he doesn't get crowded out. Do whatever it takes to keep trusting and following him. Do whatever it takes to help each other keep trusting and following him. Now the final group of people that Jesus talks about, and this is a good one to finish on, it's there in verse 15. These are the people in the good soil. They hear the word. They retain it. They persevere and they produce a crop. And look, friends, I hope this is you. I really do. And look, I know there's heaps of people here who are like this. These are people who hear God's word and put it into practice. These are people who hear God's word and they do what it says. These are people who take seriously the fact that what we do when we hear God's word matters. And so, you know, these people, they listen. They hear. They make time to read the Bible. They make time to come to church. They make time to get to growth group. They make hearing God's word a priority. And so they listen. And, you know, when they hear, they retain it. They keep it in. They don't just go away and forget about it. 
They remember it. They think about God's word. They think about it hard. They think about what it means for them. They think hard about what difference it ought to make in their lives. You know, these are the people who memorise scripture, not just to look good, but because they love God's word. These are the people who memorise scripture because they want to use it to encourage other people. These are the people, you know, when you ask them what last week's sermon was about, they know. They remember. And even more than that, they can tell you what difference it made in their life. And look, these people, they persevere. When life gets hard, they keep trusting Jesus. When something more exciting, more fun comes along, they keep following Jesus. And in the end, these people, they produce a crop. As they read God's word and as they hear it taught and wrestle with what it means, as they memorise it and live it out, these people, they grow in maturity. Their faith is deepened and strengthened as they rely on God more and more. And look, these people, as they become more and more sure and certain of God's wonderful promise to rescue his people, these people, they don't keep it to themselves, they go out and they tell their unsaved friends and family and workmates and neighbours, they tell them the good news and they produce a crop. And friends, if this is you, then good on you. Good on you. What you do when you hear God's word, it really matters. Now friends, I hope you can see by now the big vibe of this parable is that what you do when you hear God's word, it matters. But why? Why does what we do when we hear God's word matter so much? Well, this passage, it actually gives two really good reasons why the way we respond to God's word matters. The first reason is that the way we respond to God's word, you know, it shows whether or not we even think it's worth listening to. Let's pick it up from verse 9. So after Jesus has told the parable, his disciples asked him what the parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, and though hearing they may not understand. Now Jesus here is talking about why he speaks in parables. But look, the thing is here, Jesus is not keeping secrets. Sure, there are some people who hear and understand while others don't. But they don't, it's not that they don't understand because it's kept uh, hidden from them. There's a quote there. I don't know if you noticed in mine, it's a little bit indented. It says, Though seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. It's a quote from Isaiah. And the context there in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, is that God's people, Israel, they're so rebellious. They're so disobedient. They've so completely and utterly turned their backs on God that they've already made up their minds not to listen to him. And look, there in Isaiah, it's not that the message is kept secret, it's not kept hidden from them. Isaiah tells the people. But the thing there in Isaiah is that the people who don't understand it, it's because they've already made up their minds not to listen. 
It's because they've already decided God's not worth hearing. And so for them, the horse has already bolted. And look, that's what's going on here. Jesus tells this parable that's all about how important it is to hear Jesus, about how important it is to hear God's word. And look, stacks of people don't get it. But it's not because it's hidden from them. They don't get it because they've already made up their minds that Jesus isn't even worth listening to. But you know, friends, what you do when you hear God's word, it does matter. It shows whether or not you even think Jesus is worth listening to. And you know, I think that's what those unusual verses in verses 16 and 17 and 18, I think that's what they're getting at too. Have a look at verse 16 with me. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. You know, friends, Jesus came to proclaim, to make known the good news of the kingdom of God. He came to to make it clear that those who repent and trust in him will have their sins forgiven. And look, he doesn't hide it. He doesn't veil it. He doesn't tuck it away somewhere under the bed. He puts it out there for everyone to see like a lamp on a lampstand. It's not hidden. It's not concealed. Look, what we do when we hear God's word matters because it shows whether or not we even think Jesus is worth listening to. And you know, it matters too because it shows whether or not we're even in Jesus' family. That's the second reason why it matters what we do when we hear God's word. You know, while Jesus is saying all this stuff, his mother and his brothers turn up. And someone tells him, your mother and your brothers, they're outside, they want to see you. And what does Jesus say? Did you see it as it was read for us before? And look, don't let these words just wash over you. I hope you can feel the gravity of them. He says, my mother and my brother, my family, are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Friends, those words are massive. This ups the ante enormously. Being an Israelite doesn't cut it. You know, flesh and blood doesn't cut it. What really matters is the way we react to what God says. It matters because it shows whether or not we even think Jesus is worth listening to. It matters because it shows whether or not we're part of his family. You know, what we do when we hear God's word matters because it shows whether or not we're in the kingdom of God. Friends, we've spent the last eight weeks in Luke hearing God's word, hearing the good news of the kingdom, hearing about Jesus. And I'm guessing most of us, we know how the story ends. Jesus, he suffers and he dies and he rises back to life from the dead. And he makes forgiveness of sins possible. Even more than that, he makes forgiveness of sins a reality. So friends, consider carefully how you listen. Don't just hear, having already made up your mind, it's not worth listening to. 
Friends, don't just get excited for a bit. Press on, grow, persevere. Friends, don't let the things of this world stop you from following Jesus. Don't be distracted. Don't let him get crowded out. Friends, make sure of your place in the kingdom of God. Hear God's word. Listen to it. Think about it. Retain it. Keep it in. Remember it. Think about what it means for your life. Persevere. Keep trusting Jesus and produce fruit. Share the good news. Do what it says. Because in the end, Jesus says, my mother and brothers, they're those who hear God's word and put it into practice.